Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well met fellow adventurers, I am in eastern Tysa in the Trollneck, which is a particularly dense section of forest at the very southern end of Thackwood. As its name suggests, this part of the ancient wood has long been associated with trolls, as well as other equally undesirable things. So, begin the adventure. It's called Big Bad Tree. It's an oak and stone mask-inspired adventure by VWK. The living tree, its knotted, bark-covered face, twisted into a sinister grin, turns to face you pivoting on its broad base of weaving roots in the centre of the clearing. Yeah, do it on normal difficulty. A clear morning in late summer, not far inside the southern border of Thackwood, a region known as Trollneck. The bloody corpses of seven border rangers litter the clearing. The last ranger to fall still clutches the axe with which he defiantly attempted to avenge his slain brothers in arms. A single blow from the dog snapped his neck and ended his life. Drawn by the sounds of the savage battle, you reached the scene just moments ago to find only two of the rangers standing, undaunted. You stride out into the open swath of forest determined to bring down the Domok, a creature whose deadly might has now been laid bare. The sinister tree, its knotted, bark-covered face twisted into a <coughs> sinister grin, turns to face you, pivoting on its broad base of wood, of the writhing roots in the centre of the clearing. 
Another ranger? Roars the Domok, his deep, lumbering voice, wife with mock surprise. You don't look much like the others, do you? In fact, you don't look like much of anything. Puny, insignificant, prey. No, you trespass on the domain. I, Carl Grantham, have claimed for a thousand years. Without warning, the Domok wildly lashes out at you with his long, bare, topmost branches, scattering a flock of crows that had lighted upon his uppermost tree. Reaches. Oh no! You disturbed the crows and killed people. You're a bad guy. Tree thing. Pick a number. Bonus of 50. 20 from agility. 20 from woodmanship. 10 from luck. I need to get 60 or more. Or I will be... Or I will be hit in the face with a whole lot of branches. Deliberately. Pick now. 108 success. You duck under the Dombok's swiping limbs and rush to melee range, eager to engage the ancient forest beast and avenge the fallen rangers. Cowan Grantha, begin combat with that big, bad tree. The mighty Dombok swats at you. Keep swatting. There's a lot of it. It's got a lot of health. Because it's a tree. Your enemy lays a particularly brutal stroke on you for 13 damage. Keep swatting. God, it's like chopping down a tree. It's got so much health. <laughs> it's nearly done. Nearly done. And down it falls. your Timber. 41 XP. The ancient Domuk staggers back and appears ready to topple over when suddenly the wounds you inflicted upon it begin 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 to rapidly mend. Timber receded! Timber receded! No timber! No timber! With startling swiftness, the massive living tree reaches down with its broad lower limbs and tears a large rock out of the earth. Carl Grunthar grunts loudly as he hurls the small boulder at you. Got a few options here. I could just dodge. I could use fortification, shadow magic, or telekinesis. I'll give telekinesis a shot. It succeeded. 24x speed to telekinesis. You hastily summon your power of telekinesis. Project a powerful, invisible blast of energy at the hurtling boulder. The impact of the telekinetic thrust is just enough to cause the massive stone to veer off course. The boulder lands several feet to your right and rolls off into the underbrush, shaking the ground as it bounds along. Chiantha. The sea of roots at his base, churning wildly, moves swiftly in and attacks, thrashing at you with his mighty limbs. It's Carl Grantha. 
once again. The mighty Domok swats at you. Keep swatting. Come on. Let's see some special attacks here. It's like chopping down a tree. It's got so much health. Brutal stroke for 11 damage. And now, slain. 39 XP. As before, just when it seems that Domok is about to collapse, his wounds begin to mend. You don't just fight me, lad, he snarls, his thundering voice echoing through the surrounding trees. You fight the forest that sustains me! With that, the ancient living tree is again upon you, viciously swiping out of his broad lower limbs. It's Kalgranthika. And she and he is attacking again. Hmm. Are trees really he's? Because, I mean, trees have... Trees have both sexual parts in various parts of them, so... Gender is weird for trees. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I guess if a tree decides it's a he, who am I to argue? He's huge! He's huge! He can be whatever gender he wants. Because he's huge! <laughs> Begin combat. Oh, of course, you can also be whatever gender you're not, even if you're not huge. But being huge does help everyone else to go along with you. Begin combat. Once again, he swats at you. Brutal stroke, 16 damage. Do, 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 another brutal stroke. Slain, 38 XP. Kalgwantha roars in agony and slumps down to the centre of the open swath. A series of violent shudders run through the ancient Domok. Several of his thick limbs crack and drop to the ground. With a final grumble, the living tree crumbles into a twitching, splintered heap. Uh, actually, all trees are living. <laughs> the, uh, the cruel forest giant who ruled his vast wild domain through the abject terror inspired by his fearsome might and legendary cruelty is no more. Wiping away the sweat streaming down your brow, you spend several moments recovering from the brutal melee. <coughs> it takes you the better part of the next hour to promptly arrange the bodies of the seven border rangers who fell in battle against the ancient Dobok. Each man's weapon is laid across his chest and his arms folded over it. You vow to bear the tidings of their death to the outpost at Stoke Ridge, the nearest base out of which Tosa's border rangers operate. As you're preparing, prepare, preparing to respectfully position the body of the last man, a folded piece of paper slips out where it was tucked beneath the man's leather chest. A quick examination of the paper reveals it to be a letter of a personal nature to a woman by the name of Juliawa in Edmark. Realising without your help, 
the letter will never reach its intended recipient, you carefully consider your possible course of action. So, I can either leave the letter with the border ranger, which, I mean, you could argue that. I mean, it's no longer my business, and I don't think whatever's said now will just hurt more. Or would it hurt less? I don't know. Or I can keep the letter so it can be delivered. You decide to keep the letter and tuck it safely amongst your other belongings, having respectfully arranged the bodies of the border rangers. You will take one last stroll through the open swath of forest, the centre of which is heaps the dog's remains, pausing over each of the fallen to offer a silent prayer. At last, eager to report the grim event that unfolded here, you set off on a course that leads you out of the forest, and ultimately into a crumbling watchtower perched on a stony wise overlooking the southwestern corner of corner of Thekwood, the outpost at Stoat Ridge. Only a small handful of soldiers and border rangers man the outpost at Stoat Ridge. The post commander, an imposing man with a short cropped grizzled beard, Listens intently as you relate to him the scene you came on, came upon in Trollneck, and your battle against the Domok that killed the seven wages. Your account leaves him speechless for nearly a minute. The commander thanks you for reporting the deaths of the wages, and commends you for your bravery and skill, seemingly quite impressed be able to face and defeat the fearsome Domok on your own. There aren't many who would dare to face such a creature, he says, initiating a shoulder cross. Thank you. You detail for the outpost commander where the bodies, where the battle against the Dormuk took place and where the bodies of the fallen border rangers are to be found. He tells you to see to it that, that he will see to it that the dead are properly identified and interred and that their families are identified, are notified. You suddenly recall the letter you found with one of the slain border rangers. Hmm, so I have two options. I could give the letter to the commander, or I could decide to deliver it myself. I think... I think I'm going to deliver it myself. You make no mention of the letter you found, deciding you will deliver it to Edmark yourself. I mean, it might be a secret thing that he doesn't want. He doesn't want as many other people to know about. Unfortunately, I don't know anyone he knows, so if I know, it doesn't really affect anything. Also, yeah. I have, I have my word is my bond and all that, so I won't reveal anything that I don't have to. The candle insists that you stay the night at the outpost, claiming the wounds in this region are best travelled in daylight, safe enough under the sun, but not as safe as one might hope after dark. With no region reason to dispute the settlement, you spend the night at Stoke Weird where you enjoy a hearty venison stew and some of the strongest paleo you've ever tasted. 
before drifting off to sleep in the old watchtower. You regale the soldiers and border rangers with colourful accounts of your recent travels and adventures throughout the kingdom. The next morning, just after dawn, you set off from the outpost at Stoke Ridge, receiving a fond farewell from the men stationed at the crumbling watchtower overlooking Thetwood's southwest corner. Okay, unlike the last time I slept at a slept at a border ranger's outpost, everybody lived. Well, everyone in there lived. The other people died earlier. You leave you leave knowing that only the brave rangers who fell in Trollnock be properly tended, but that the ancient evil of Domok, Karl Grathar, is is vanquished. There remains only the letter. It is with a heavy heart, tempered only by the unflinching sense of duty, that you arrive in Edmark, determined to see that the letter you found in possession of the slain border ranger reaches its intended recipient. You inquire about Dilara, only to receive the disheartening news that the young woman passed away nearly a month ago after coming down with stone skin fever. There's a link for that. And I guess later on, we'll be going to Edmund Stone Skin Fever. With slow progressing, but horrific and ultimately deadly affliction known as Stone Skin Fever has long plagued all of Swift, though it is most prevalent throughout the North Broadlands. The Stone Sweat, as it's sometimes referred to, usually begins with a mild fever, aches and a nagging cough. It is slow to progress, but usually ends with the petrification of the skin of the afflicted and death. A special mixture of several healing components, including Lugra root, has been used with somewhat, with somewhat limited success to cure those stricken with the fever. Okay, Ligra root. Oh yeah, that's the that's the one that cures frost heart. And might, Portland might do something against stone skin fever, but you'll probably need to mix it with something. Or maybe it needs, in conjunction with some other therapy, or maybe it's just alleviates some of the symptoms. Okay. Oh dear. They're both dead now. You learn that Jara was laid to rest between the graves of her father and mother in the small cemetery across Bitter Spring Hill, just west of town. The early morning climb along the winding track that cuts its way up the stony grave known as Bitter Spring Hill takes you less than an hour. The top of the steep rise, you discover a small graveyard surrounded by a weed-entangled iron fence. Among the two dozen markers scattered throughout the cemetery, you easily locate the patch of recently upturned earth, atop which is set the flat, engraved star stone that marks Jilawa's final resting place. After placing the latter at the foot of the marker and weighing the folded sheet down with the stone, 
you lower your head and pay your last respects to a young woman you never met. Before departing, he moved to the north side of the hill, where he remained for quite some time, staring out across Lake Ebark far below, content to silently marvel at the wind-wild waterscape, his sun-draked surface alive with the glittering hues of silver and gold. He find it difficult to imagine that in all the vastness of the world there exists any greater beauty. At length, you descend upon your hill and make your way back to Edmark, where you spend the next small while contemplating a course of action, plotting where next the search for adventure will take you. So, I've got 768 experience to general and 64 experience to all skills and powers. And also, a bit of sadness. But it's, it's like it's the good type of sadness. And that is the end of this adventure. Oh, oh I thought I would be an egg mark. But no, no, I ended up back. I somehow wandered all the way back to Troll Mark. So anyway. So, back to, back to Warfoot. There's nothing extra going on here. No new quests unlocked by doing that. So, hmm. Oh, yeah, we're, 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 we've not, we're only 20 minutes in. There's one more thing. To, there's a couple more places to go in this region. There's Copperhill Log. Lodge, which is uh, which is associated with the Adventurers Collective, that's a pretty big adventure, so that'll get its own episode. So we go to Fernin Wood, and the Border Ranger Compound. Because considering considering the losses they've just had, I think these Border Rangers need more help. Visit the Border Ranger Compound. You're standing just outside a fortified border ranger outpost at the edge of Fernwyn Wood on Tosa's eastern frontier. There, there doesn't appear to be much, much activity in or around the outpost, though a steady stream of smoke rises up from a fire that blazes on the north side of the compound. Enter the border ranger compound. This fortified woodland compound on Tysa's eastern frontier is home to a wicked band of border rangers. The rangers station, stationed here are led by a man named Lorador. Those valorous exploits throughout the kingdom have earned him this, his, his post and the steadfast respects of those he commands. For relatively few in number, the border rangers of this outpost patrol a wide area of the frontier, keeping its roads and its settlements safe from bandits, goblins, trolls and other, even less desirable evils. According to several of the rangers you meet, Noladar is currently seeking to swell the compound's wanks. Yes, because you, you always, always need more board rangers. Because it turns out, most of the time, 
they're pretty much the only help that might possibly arrive for a lot of people. And that even saved me a few times. Like at the end of Proving Grounds 4. Inquire so I could leave the outpost, but I will come back later. But or I can inquire about becoming a border ranger. Norador meets you in the shoulder cross and tells you he's seeking capable individuals to swear into the ranks of, of his rangers. The extent of our duties and the vast area we roam has spread our numbers perilously thin, he says, eyeing you closely. I'm certain you would be a welcome addition to our to our fold, Zoop. Nonadar explains to you what is required to join the ranks of the rangers under his command. The following requirements must be met before you can join the Tyson Border Rangers horse. You must own a horse. I've got that. And not, not a daddy horse, a heck of a horse. You need wood, You need some skills. You need woodmanship at 30, horsemanship at 20, law at 10, weaponry at 20, any weaponry subskill at 20, and archery at 10. And I have all of those and much more. And the cost to join is 64 experience and 8 gold. Uh, and I meet those more than a thousand times over. So, yes. Join the Tyson Border Rangers. Well, these Border Rangers at least. Alright. 64 experiences spent along with 8 gold. Congratulations, Zoop. You are now a member of the Tyson Border Rangers. Your current level within the guild is one. Yes, because this this is a this is a new a new a scheme that was briefly tried out. That was briefly tried out a long time ago, but was then just uh, put to the side for a while. Where apparently you can, you get a series of adventures with a with one organization, and you get to level up in them. Norador swears you into the fold, and you pledge your loyalty and support of the crown, as well as that of your brother and sister rangers. As at the at the conclusion of your initial training with the border rangers, you're invited to our pitch participate in a hunt, a gesture symbolic of the goodwill extended to you by your fellow rangers. The hunt is a success, and together with Nolador and the four rangers who have ridden out with you, you return to the compound with the dressed carcass of a large stag. Nolador congratulates you and then thanks you for joining the ranks of the border rangers. He tells you there is much to be done, Particularly for someone outfitted with your unique set of talents. And that's a lot of different talents. It's a very, very large set. He then presents you with a simple wooden brooch, carved in the likeness of a griffin's head. You immediately recognise the famous symbol of the border rangers, a border ranger brooch. 
It's a miscellaneous item, so you don't have to equip it or anything. This wooden brooch, carved to the likeness of a griffin's head, is a recognisable symbol worn by nearly all of Tyson's border rangers. But all what lies ahead of us can, can wait until at least tomorrow, he says, initiating a shoulder cross before turning and walking back towards the fire that blazes on the northern edge of the compound. At let's at least have our fill of venison. Uh, and, and I think there's a bowel of wide leaf ale left. Okay. Since joining, I'm back at the the main screen of the Border Rangers. And this is a safe spot, so I can save here, and I automatically rest here. Since joining this outfit, the Rangers stationed in the output have become your become valued companions and men and women with whom you will trust your very life so I can review my status in the guild. The following requirements must be met before you can attempt to rise to level 2 of the guild. You're currently at level 1 with the Tyson Border Rangers. The current maximum attainable level for this guild is 5. The eventual maximal attainable level for this guild is 9. When that will come round, it's probably going to be a while, because there's no, there's no real demand to finish this off. Okay, so, to get to the next level, horse, I have to complete two adventures called Harkowin and Disorder in Millibend. I must also up my skills a bit. Woodmanship, 35. Horsemanship, 15. Archery, 15. Law, 15. Weaponry, 15. Any weaponry, scub seal, 15. And it will cost another 64 experience and 8 gold. You don't currently meet the requirements to advance to the next level in the guild because I've got two little adventures to do first. I can speak with Nolodor. You spend a considerable amount of time speaking with Nolodor, the veteran ranger who oversees the outpost. He tells you that while the kingdom's eastern frontier is a region which is vital to the realm, it receives far too little attention, particularly in comparison to other such outlying areas. We ought to have at least three times our current numbers, he says, Still, we do what we must with what we're allotted. If only we might find a few more like you, Zoop. Okay. Adventures for this location. I'm just going to... I think I'll just... Do I do them? They're very short. Actually, I think, yeah, I will do them. Alright, these two adventures are Hakwin and Disorgo Miliband, as you told before, Hakwin. When the demands of one of the frontier's most notorious bandit lords is not met, the defiant face the wrath of the torch. Start this adventure. Embark. Tasked by Nolodir to track a group of bandits responsible for a series of ways villages in the past few months, you set out from the outpost on you set out for the outpost on the edge of Furring Wood and head north and east into a particularly remote region of the king 
Kingdom's eastern frontier. Based on what Lolodar has told you, the bandits he believes are the culprits behind the recent burnings are under the command of a cunning and dangerous outborn under the name of Thudwin. Do not dare describe Thridwin to you as a murderous and as murderous and elusive, and he tells you like nothing better than to see the vicious road meet his end before the onset of winter, guided by only a handful of rumours you soon discover in several small villages through which you pass that Thridwin and his bandits are indeed and his bandits are indeed the bandits behind the recent fires that consumed several settlements on the frontier. The last of the villages, a small collection of shacks known as Overleaf, the owner of the dilapidated and empty inn, tells you the notorious outlaw and his crew passed this way only yesterday, headed east towards the village of Hakwin. Maybe two dozen of them, says the innkeeper, whistling through a wide gap in his front teeth. They might have split up after leaving here, though, or so it seemed. Half gone north, the other's gone straight east to Harkwin. Wasting no time, you head to the... You see to the knees of your horse, then then swiftly set off to the east, riding as fast as the the rough, meandering road will allow, hoping you will arrive in Harkwin in time to intercept a villainous band and hoping you won't find yourself too badly outnumbered. Four hours after leaving the inn, you cross the village limits of Harkwin, a small settlement on the western edge of, of a broad swath of rolling hills and dense evergreen forests. As the village centre comes into view ahead, you are greeted by a sinister sight that leaves you wielding, a group of rugged-looking horsemen, each with a weapon at his side, ha- has surrounded a lone, grey-bearded man outside a small dwelling. The man appears to be pleading with the horseman. Before you could assess the situation further, one of the riders draws his sword and lays a cruel blow on the grey-bearded man with the flat of the blade. The helpless victim of the vicious swipe collapses to the ground in a heap. Several onlookers shriek, and some begin cursing the horsemen. The seven riders, perhaps sensing that no, perhaps sensing no good can come from lingering the village, turn their steeds to the east and swiftly ride out of town. Though you can't be cer- certain, you have, you have the strong feeling that this uncouth band may indeed be the very man you've been seeking. Perhaps Thurden is even among them. So I can ride after the departing band of seven or go to the aid of the fallen man. I'll focus on helping the the fallen man. Go to the aid of the fallen man. You urge your horse into a gallop and within only a few short moments you're standing at the side of the fallen man. You leap down from the saddle. Saddle, kneel down next to him as you attempt to assess his condition. A large swelling has formed over his left eye, and a rather nasty-looking gash has been cut across the crown of his head. While the wounds don't appear to be life-wetting, you are certain they are extremely painful to bear. 
dozen villagers gathered around begin to crowd forward, attempting to assess for themselves the state of their friend and neighbour. So, I could use restoration, or I could just see what I can do in a non-magical way. Obviously, time to use restoration. You call upon your power of restoration. You succeeded. 4xp to restoration. You press your hand onto the fallen man's forehead. And channel your power of restoration. Almost at once, you feel a powerful warmth begin to flow through your hand and over your stunned subject. To only a minute or two, you remove your hand from his head and he slowly regains his feet. He no longer bears any marks to remind him of the nasty blows he took at the hands of his cruel assailant. Thank you, he says, staring at your wild eyes. Thank you, Thrand. Glad, glad, glad am I to see a border ranger, says, says the man, who introduces himself as Turnbull one. He eyes the wooden bench affixed to your chest and tells you that while the people of Hakuin appreciate all the rangers do in effort to keep them safe, their numbers are too few to cover the vast territory of the kingdom's eastern frontier. You speak with the gathered villagers and learn that the bandits responsible for the attack you thus witnessed are led by a particularly brutal outlaw by the name of Thydrin. Chumbron tells you that Thydrin and his outdrin and his brigands have been, been collecting tribute from many of the settlements in the area for quite some time. When their demands aren't met, they return in the dead of the night, says Chumbron, and then they'll burn a village to the ground. Thrydrin has been behind the recent burnings you may have heard of. I don't know that anyone's laid eyes on him for a good long while, though. He lets his underlings do all the un all the legwork. Real snake is what he is. Angered by what little you've heard about the brazen bandit leader, you ask the villagers if they know where he can be found. Most of them seem reluctant to speak, but Turbin tells you the bandits have been camped out in the hills east of the village. Thinking of going after them, I'll think twice about going alone, he says, removing a small object from his pocket. If you're so inclined, though, though let me at least give you this. Turbin presses a small, flat object into your hand, tells you he hopes it will bring you luck. When he moves his hand, you find yourself staring down at a crudely carved wooden char wooden charm. It's a wooden luck charm. This crudely car carved wooden charm was given to you by by the man whose aid you came to in the village of Harkwin. He claimed that it would, that carrying it would bring you good luck. Certain that charm is not in any way magical, but appreciative of the sentiment attached to it. You thank Tyburn for his dear gift. He shakes his head and wishes you luck on your search for the bandits. Mind yourself if you go up against that finding, he cautions. He's not a man of valour. Not by a long stretch. He's sure to have a trick or two in store. You thank Tyburn for the advice and bid farewell to the villages of Harkwin as you once again set off in search of the cruel bandits and their elusive leader. 
You leave the village of Harquin behind as you ride up to the hills to the east. The terrain quickly becomes rugged and steep. And after nearly an hour, you are about to abandon any hope of ever finding the bandit camp when you suddenly spot a thin stream of smoke rising up from the top of a distant hill. Keeping your eyes peeled for any sign of movement on surrounding hills, you steadily make your way towards the smoke. After several minutes, you find yourself at the foot of a narrow trail that ascends the hill from which the thin wisps of smoke still rise. With your gaze fixed on its treeless summit, you begin a cautious ascent. You urge your horse up the steep and narrow trail that leads to the treeless summit of the hill, from which rises a thin column of smoke. Okay, picking a number. Bonus of 70, 40 for woodmanship, 20 for vathery, and 10 for aura. Got to get 75 or more, or something bad will probably happen. Pick now. 162. Nearly at the bare summit of the hill, when you suddenly spot three men looking in the brush on either side of the narrow trail. The rugged looking men preparing to ambush you. Now aware of their planned attack, you boldly continue along the trail, and as the men burst out of the tangled growth and throw themselves at you in a frenzied assault, you're ready and eager to engage them. The three the three rugged men close in around you, attempting to stay just beyond your reach as you prepare to defend yourself from the saddle. It's three bandits. So I can kill them, or I could subdue them. I'll subdue them. I am an officer of the law, after all. They strike out with their weapons, and they are subdued. 11 XP, battered and soundly defeated. The three bandits flee across the hills, each of them running in a different direction. When they are no longer in sight, you turn your attention to the hill, hilltop camp. Ah, I wanted to arrest them! Quick search of the remains of the camp reveals that it is deserted. Based on a number of hoof prints you discovered in the soft earth and the smouldering remains of the two fires, you estimate that perhaps as many as two dozen men were here within the last few hours. Okay. Realising there's little chance you'll find Thurdwin, you're about to start back towards Sparing Wood and the Border Wanders outpost when a shrill whistle followed swiftly by the unmistakable sound of something striking the ground nearby makes your blood run cold. You lean over and peer down from the saddle and immediately spot the feathered end of an arrow shaft protruding from the ground, barely a foot from the white of your steed's hoof. Instinctively, you're hit, you're hit, you whip your head in the only direction from which a shot could have originated. Your eyes lock onto the silhouette of a lone rider atop an adjacent hill, a rider whose left hand clutches a tall bow. The rider, whose face you cannot make out at this distance, 
distance reaches up and tips his hat to you before turning and riding off over the back of the hill and disappearing from sight. Though you cannot cannot possibly be sure, you can't help, help but feel you've just had your first encounter with the notorious bandit leader, Vytrin. With Without further delay, you begin the somewhat lengthy trek back to Fairing Wood. It's nearing dusk when you last when you find your last find yourself within the relative safety and comfort of the outpost on the edge of Fairing Wood. Lodor is glad to see you return safely, and he promptly ushers you into a, into a plain wooden building towards the back of the compound that serves as his command quarters. Noadar listens as you relate to him what you encountered in Harkwin. The lead of the rangers tell, then tells you that finding and capturing Thydrin must be made a priority. You must, cer- you must certainly know how thin we're spread in these passes, dear. Nothing else would explain the boldness of his actions. I just want to make sure he's taken alive, though. If indeed he and his men have been the tor- torchbearers, they'll receive their due justice in the end. Norador commends you and not having employed lethal force against the bandits. Sometimes there is no other way, he says. But in all situations, we must attempt to avoid lowering ourselves to the level of those we seek to bring to justice. You've conducted yourself admirably, Zoop. The Master Ranger thanks you, and again congratulates you on a successful mission. I'll dispatch a pair... Pair of our men, men to watch over Harkwin, he says. Yar, without, without, it, without any doubt, a most welcome addition to our little fold, Zoop. And that finishes this adventure with 64 experience to general and 16 experience to woodmanship, horsemanship, law, weaponry and archery. Which is odd. I mean, that's the first time you've got six, you get experience to several skills. Not all of them, just several. And that is the end of it. Alright, next adventure. Disorder in Millibend. As you square off against a hulking, belligerent drunkard, you vow to make every effort to keep your soap out of his crushing grasp. Here we go. While passing through the village of Millibrand on a routine patrol, only a few miles east of the border ranger outpost, you're approached by a group of small children who surround you and um, politely but loudly ask if they might take turns sitting on your horse. The children, six of them in all, jump up and down excitedly as they stare up at you, waiting what you can only or you can only believe they soon will be an affirmative response. This is another fateful decision. Inexplicably, you fear your destiny may in some way be linked to the choice you're about to make. So I could agree to allow the horse to take to eat, to allow the children to each take a turn in the saddle, or refuse to allow the children to sit on your horse. 
guess. I'll go. I'll go ask the horse. Hey, Stormgate. Do you mind? No. Horse says. Horse says nay to minding. So. <laughs> okay. Agree to allow the ch children each a turn in the saddle. The children are overjoyed when you agree to their pleas. And after climbing down the saddle, you begin. After. And after climbing down from the saddle, you'll be hoisting them one at a time onto the back of your patient and loyal mount. The poor joy the simple act has elicited from the boys and girls of Lillaband makes you forget about any minor inconvenience or delay the episode has caused you. As you're lifting up the last of the children, you're startled by the loud and abrupt the nerving sound of splintering wood. You slap, you slap your head in the direction of the stables on the opposite side of the lane. Immediately sign your, find your eyes locked upon an unpleasant scene. Standing amidst splattered, splintered remains of a watted stable door, towering over a prone, prone and terrified man that's easily half his own size, Perhaps one of the largest men you've ever seen. Mounds of muscle bulge out of every square inch of the man's monstrous torso, atop of which is set a massive, balding head. Cool, dark, close-set eyes dominate the centre of the man's face, which is twisted into a frightful, reddening mask of rage. The hulking man shoots down his right arm, and grabs a fistful of the prone man's tunic. He then roughly pulls the man back onto his feet. The monstrous figure, easily three times your own size, begins violently shaking his hapless victim, all the while roaring at him in a voice that's obviously been slurred by the drink. As the giant of the man draws back his fearsome fist, you suddenly realise you could quite easily kill his intended target, perhaps with a single blow. Without a second thought, you leap into action. So, some options here. Rush over. To intervene, I can use telekinesis, archery, fortification. And uh, no, that's it. <laughs> I'll use fortification. It succeeded. Four XP to fortification. You channel your power of fortification. And almost instantly, a pulsing field of blue energy appears in front of the enraged, hulking man. Too late to avert his blow, his fist smashed into the magical barrier, but is forcefully repelled, sending him toppling backwards onto the ground. You rush forward and bravely place yourself between the fallen giant and his terrified victim. With startling agility, surprising swiftness, the massive man leaps to his feet and reaches out, and staring you with his powerful, crushing grasp. You cry out in agony as the hulking man tightens his massive arms around you. You realise that unless you're able to break free from his powerful back grasp, he may well squeeze you to death. Pick a number. Bonus of 70. 20 for normal combat. 
20 from might, 20 from body, and 10 from agility. Gotta get 100 or more, or I'm gonna be crushed. Pick now. 110, success. With tremendous effort, you manage to break free from your enemy's crunching, crushing grip. Land at your feet. The hulking drunkard splits a stream of curses at you as he rushes forward, striking at you wildly with his massive fists. You quickly find yourself locked in a fight for survival against the hulking, enraged drunkard. Despite the obvious peril his size and strength present, you have no desire to call him, cause him any permanent harm. As you square off against the hulking, belligerent drunkard, you vow to make every effort to keep yourself away from his crunching, crushing grasp. It's a hulking, enraged drunk. And I'm going to have to subdue him. Oh, sleep it off, sleep it off. The hulking man smashes at you with his massive fists. Oh, what if I use Entangle? Yes, there we are. He's, he's all tied up. This this giving me complete freedom to attack, to just 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 knock him out, knock him to gently knock him out, gently, gently knock the nine bells out of him, gently, very gently. All right. Thick, writhing rhymes appear, appear and twist themselves around your foe. Alright, I'm going to entangle him again. Can't attack. And now he is subdued. I'll just recall the vines. You are subdued, your foe. Hmm. Yeah, that conjuration is a lot of fun to use. 20 XP. Battered into submission in a remarkable display of your formidable combat prowess. The hulking, abbreviated bully collapses to your feet and lapses into an unconscious slumber. Breathing heavily and thankful to escapes the melee with no broken bones, you step back and are surprised to discover a rather sizable crowd has quietly gathered in the middle of the lane to watch the brutal spectacle. Several of the villagers step forward. Congratulate you on putting down a man who has become something of a local menace. He means no real harm, says a man who immediately takes note of the wooden brout resting against your chest. The drink gets a bet better with him, as you can no doubt tell. Willapoy is his name. And you might not believe it, but he's... No real harm, quotes the man whose life Willibor might easily have ended. He almost killed me. That's the second time inside a month. You're always making excuses for him. As the dozen gathered villagers begin arguing amongst yourselves, you turn and slip back onto your horse, who's been quietly watching the grim proceedings from the other side of the lane. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'm going to be with someone sane. Hello, horse. Hello, horse. With the angry voices of the villagers rising to the air behind you, 
and not the least bit concerned you want thank for having likely saved a man's life, you ride swiftly out of Millibend, eager to return to the outpost, where hope to enjoy a flagon of wild leaf ale and a bowl of venison stew. As the chaotic din fades, aw- fades away behind you, you can't help but wonder how many times the scene you've just witnessed and were drawn into will be played out in Miniband. So that finishes this adventure for 64 experience to general and 16 XP to woodmanship, horsemanship, law, weaponry and archery. And that is that. So next time, that's enough for this day. Next time, we'll be able to advance our position in the in the Border Rangers Guild to level two, at least, and maybe further than that. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.